When I'm visiting with my nephews and nieces, one of their favorite games to play uh, is Guess Who? I think some of you might have seen these games. You have like a little board in front of you with these pop-up little, um, I don't even know how to describe it, these little pieces that pop up and you see all these different faces in front of you. And then the goal is to guess which face or which individual the person who's playing with you has. So you need to ask all these questions in order to guess who the person is. Guess the person's identity and you'll ask, okay, do they have red hair? And they say yes or no. And you'll put down kind of the pieces that don't have the red hair, for example. And you go on like this until you guess who the person is. I think that my nephew in particular likes this game because he likes to slam down the pieces. It's kind of fun for him to do. But it's an interesting game to kind of guess the identity of somebody. And in the gospel today, it seems that John the Baptist is playing a bit of a game of guess who with Jesus. John the Baptist isn't quite sure about who Jesus is, what his identity truly is. John the Baptist we hear is in prison, and John the Baptist clearly is attracted to Jesus. He's captivated by Jesus. He realizes that there's something very important about who Christ is. But John the Baptist is not yet certain that Jesus is the Christ. In other words, that Jesus is the Messiah, the one that God sent to ultimately save us. So John the Baptist, while in prison, sends his disciples to Jesus to ask, are you the one? Are you the Christ? Is this truly your identity? Or do we need to wait for somebody else? So John the Baptist then is not quite certain whether Jesus is truly the Messiah. How could this be the case? How could John the Baptist be unsure? Well, one possible reason is that at the time of Jesus, there were different expectations about who the Messiah, who the Savior might be. A lot of people thought at this time that the Messiah or Savior would be a kind of political liberator. And there was precedence for this. But 150 years before Jesus, it wasn't the Romans, as at Christ's time, who were occupying the people of Israel, but rather Greek rulers. And at this time, 150 years before Jesus, there was someone called Judas Maccabeus, who was a Jewish person who was a leader of an armed revolt, who was ultimately over to, able to overthrow the Greek oppression of the Jewish people at this time. And for many Jews then, they saw Judas Maccabeus as a Messiah. So a lot of Jewish people at Jesus' time then expected the Messiah, the Christ, to be someone similar, a kind of political savior, a kind of military Messiah, and Jesus didn't quite fit the mold. So John the Baptist then is a little uncertain about who Christ is. He's trying to play this game of guess who. He's trying to determine the identity of Jesus. For a lot of us and for a lot of our brothers and sisters today, we too can be a bit unsure about the identity of Jesus, about who Jesus is, about what Jesus does for us, and also about what the church exists to be or to do. So we can or others can have all kinds of mistaken ideas about the identity of Jesus and what Jesus does for us. A classic one, of course, for those who grow up Catholic is this idea of Catholic guilt, right? You hear about it, we joke about it ourselves, you know, like, I always feel so guilty because I'm Catholic. And this sort of betrays this idea that Jesus came to, in some ways, oppress us, just to set down a series of rules, of expectations, that are impossible to meet up to. So therefore we go through our life ultimately feeling bad about ourselves. 
And a lot of people, unfortunately, walk away from the church thinking this, that being Catholic is all about feeling guilt, all about feeling bad about ourselves. So this can be one mistaken identity about who Jesus is and what Jesus can do for us. Others, and I think this is kind of common as well, just think that Jesus and maybe the church is not very relevant. They might respect it, they might think it's okay, but maybe for other people. It's something outdated, it has no more life left in it, it can't challenge us, it can't really bring life and goodness into our existence. We then, like John the Baptist, can have a mistaken identity or mistaken idea about the identity of Jesus, about who he truly is. Jesus Christ in the gospel then reveals to us ultimately his identity and what kind of Messiah, what kind of Savior he is, what Jesus can ultimately do for us. Jesus, when asked by John the, John the Baptist's disciples, are you the Messiah, are you the Christ, responds back with some prophecy from the prophet Isaiah. And Jesus says in response to this question, are you the Messiah? And Jesus says, report back to John the Baptist what you see. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. This is the kind of Messiah Jesus is. This ultimately is his identity. Jesus comes to save. Jesus comes to liberate. Jesus certainly comes to challenge us, us in our life, but he doesn't want us to go around our life, our existence, feeling terrible, feeling this overwhelming sense of guilt. Rather, Jesus came to bring us life. Jesus came to bring us peace. Jesus came to restore relationships, to bring us closer together as a community. Jesus came to reach out to those who are oppressed, downtrodden, and the poor, Jesus Christ ultimately came to bring us joy. He came to bring us joy and to bring us peace. And this is what we remember in a special way this third Sunday of Advent. The third Sunday of Advent is sometimes called Gaudete Sunday, which means rejoice. And it comes from the ancient sort of antiphon or opening prayer that would be prayed during this Sunday. Rejoice in the Lord always, I say it again, rejoice. This Sunday reminds us about ultimately who Jesus is, what he does for us, that Jesus Christ came to bring us joy, he came to bring us life, and he comes to bring us salvation. This is the kind of Messiah that he is. Because of this, because Jesus brings us joy, brings everyone joy, it's helpful and I think worthwhile during this Christmas season to consider inviting people to experience this joy that Christ brings, to invite people to come to church, to experience this joy at Christmas. Now, I think we know there's various reasons why people in some ways drift away from the church, all kinds of different reasons. And some of it we know that after COVID, of course, many people don't have the health to come back to church. There's many people who have really been wounded by the church, who aren't really in a position yet to come back to church. And for those people, we pray and we kind of give them space, accompany them. But I've encountered a lot of people as well who are away from the church, who are simply looking for an invitation, who are simply looking for an open door, simply open for an invitation to come back to church. I kind of think of it this way. You know, sometimes you have those friends or family members 
who you want to call. You know you need to keep in touch with them, but time goes on and you miss a birthday. You miss kind of an anniversary and you know, okay, I should reach out to this person, but things are just getting a bit awkward now and I can't really pick up the phone and call them. We know we should, deep down we want to, but ultimately it becomes a bit difficult. What a change it makes when we see that person calling us, unless you've blocked them from your phone, of course. But if you see them calling you, they reach out to you, you're happy to speak with them, to re-engage in that relationship. I think, and I've encountered this, especially after the pandemic, a lot of people are in this situation. They'd like to come back to church, but maybe it's a bit awkward. They've been away for a while. They wonder to themselves, will I be welcome? Can I fit in? Is it okay to come back? And perhaps really as we enter Christmas, it's a time for us to consider that there might be these people in our life who really are just looking for an open door, an invitation to return back to Mass, to return back ultimately to experience this joy, this goodness that God brings and that we experience as individuals and as part of this community here at St. Peter's. So for this Mass then perhaps we can ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten our hearts maybe to point out an individual or individuals in our life who may want to extend an invitation to return back to church at Christmas. We'll try not to make it awkward, but just an invitation, an open door that they're welcome, that Christ is here, that he's with us, he loves us, and he blesses us.